Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. I'd like to give a shout out to a company here before we get started with our guest. It's Nine Lazy Three Knives, Mike Gibson over there. I just received my new folding knife called the One Arm Bandit. His pocket knives are just, they're just so, so cool. They're so cool that Miranda Lambert had one made, uh, the drummer for Shinedown had one made, and the super, super cowboy himself, Adele Risby had one made and so when dale says uh, you got to get one of these knives or you ain't no cowboy i had to get one anyway i just got mine it's super cool i'm actually going to post a video of it today on instagram so be sure and check that out and check them out too nine lazy three knives on instagram very cool products hey everybody welcome to the modern cowboy podcast I just would first just like to thank everybody that's been listening and downloading us all over the world. Just really, really appreciate your support of the show and of the guests we have on. We've literally been downloaded in about 12 different countries now and uh, just growing exponentially. We're averaging over over 1,200 downloads a week. So um, just really appreciate you guys. Appreciate the support and any Appreciate the people that have left reviews too. That really helps us and helps the cowboy and Western world and culture in terms of uh, where we're at on iTunes and stuff. So appreciate you guys very much. I'm excited to have uh, this uh, gentleman on today, Brent Bennett. Uh, he's uh, I can relate to him in, in a lot of ways. Uh, Brent was doing something where he made uh, a really good, comfortable living. Um, I understand and decided to give that up and just be a cowboy full time. So uh, I'm excited to talk to him. So let's just let's just bring him on and, and we're going to hear his story. So Brent, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Thanks, Dan, for having me. Um, how are you today? Good, doing good. So, you know, we talked a little bit before before the, the show, you know, about a few little things and, and I want to touch on those again. But if, if you would, Brent, just tell yes, us, sir. tell us what, uh, you know, what you were doing before and, and, you know, you know, what compelled you to, to, you know, change your course and, and you can give us uh, you know, your history on uh, upbringing into as, as much as uh, detailed as you want, but let's just start from there. And Okay. All right. Well, I was raised in a little small town just south of Fort Worth, Texas. Um, you know, pretty middle class, I guess you work for a tax firm. My dad worked for Miller Brewery. Um, you know, I played sports growing up, uh, baseball, football. Back, you know, I'm 53 years old. So back then, we didn't have all the league ball and what have you. But um, I thought I was going to play football forever. And um, right before junior high, the, the couple of days before school started, I had a bike wreck and knocked my teeth out and busted my face up. And so there went my football career. And so I kind of rode along there. And um, I'd always, there's a little rodeo that they had every, every week, and we'd go to it and what have you. And for some strange reason, I wanted to be like a lot of kids. I wanted to be a bull rider. Well, my mom and dad told me if you can't ride a bike without getting hurt, you can't ride bulls. So I <laughs> I sat around, and um, 
we had some friends that had horses and we'd go over there and ride with them and I'd watch Rodeo on TV and I'd seen the roping a lot and I thought, man, that looks pretty cool, but had nobody in my family. We'd never owned a horse, you know, just nothing. We Nobody in the family roped or rode horses. And was at a friend of my dad's one day, he had a little cow deal and um, we were over there and there was a rope hanging in the barn. I just grabbed it and started swinging it. My dad said, what are you going to do with that? I said, I'm going to learn how to rope. So go to a feed store, buy a rope, sell a hay. And I taught myself how to rope. And I was, you know, eighth, ninth grade. And I taught myself how to rope. And I'd sit in the backyard and I'd rope that dummy until my mom would turn the back porch light off and tell me I had to come in the house. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of rode along, talked mom and dad into buying me a horse. They bought me a horse and he knew nothing. And I knew nothing about it. And we'd went to some little practice deals and tried, and it just didn't work out. So I finally talked mom and dad into finding me a rope horse. So we had uh, met a guy, didn't live far from me, that had that roped, and he roped calves. And um, went over there, and I, he had a horse for sale. My dad said, well, the only way you can buy that horse, you've got to sell your truck. And here I was, freshman in high school. I had a 60-model Chevrolet truck. and. I thought, okay, so I sold that truck, bought this horse, and I went to the guy's house and got to be good friends with him and roped with him. And throughout my high school years, I roped with him a little bit. Well, yes, my junior year, he broke his leg, and he quit calf roping. He went to team roping. This was early 80s, and team roping wasn't very popular back then. And He told me I was going to head for him, and he was going to heal. And But my job was is I had to rope a dummy every day after school and rope with him and he hauled me around the rope and he told me he said here's the deal i'll enter i'll pay our entry fees if you miss the first one you have to pay both of our entry fees <laughs> well i learned real quick how to catch you know here i was high school kid with no money and uh, put a little pressure on me but so i made a we had a little high school association in our area and I made the finals my senior year in high school and the calf roping and the team roping. And my mom, you know, and dad, they just kind of thought, well, when this little deal's over with, I'd be done with the roping. And uh, I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. I liked the horse part of it. So I started, I met some kids and different people through the high school rodeo deal, and I started meeting more people. And, oh, I was out of school a year, I guess. And there was another guy that lived down the road from us, and he had a, he had built, he had a little roping arena there and I'd see him at the convenience store all the time. He told me, he said, Hey, uh, I hear you rope. I got a horse over here that I've kind of trained on. I want to, uh, start tying some calves on. I need you to come over and tie some for me. So I go to his house one day and start roping some calves with him. And, you know, uh, he helped me out a little bit. And one day he told me, he said, Hey, he said, uh, I need somebody to go to work with me. Uh, do you want to go work for me? And I said, well, what are we going to do? And he said, well, we're going to rope a little bit, but I've got a little construction business, and you, you get in a truck and go with me. So Monday morning, I loaded up and got in a truck with him, not having a clue at all what he did. He had a service company, and what he actually did was is he had a, he had a machine that tapped into water mains under pressure to like where they were building new houses or subdivisions and things. And we'd get up in the mornings, and he was one of those hard-nosed, old-school guys. 
we leave the house at 5.30 every morning. If he told you we were leaving at 5.30, that meant be at his house at 10 after 5. Um, then we would get home, and we would rope, and he kept a couple of young horses around, and he kind of taught me how to how to ride some young horses, and, and I always enjoyed that, you know. And two things he told me when I first went to work for him. He says, if I ever find out you don't pay your bills because roping came first, you're gone. I, I don't believe in that. Uh, family, you know, and I, at that time I had a had a baby and just married, you know, 20 years old baby, and I took that to heart, you know, take care of business first and and then play after that, and um, so he did that, and he, like I said, he was hard. He would he'd tell me, you know, like in the summertime when it was hot, he'd say, hey, we're going to rope before we go to work, and when I mean we're going to rope, calves need to be loaded before the sun came out, and then when the sun came up, we went on. And he'd been telling me for a few years that one of these days I'm going to retire and this business is going to be yours. You know, I'm early 20s and not thinking, you know, all I want to do is rope and, and make a little bit of money to where I could afford to go rope. And um, one Sunday night he called me and he said, hey, come to the house. And he talked to you. So I get over and he said, uh, tomorrow you start your business. And I said, huh? You know, I <laughs> mean, and he said, I'm, I'm turning this over to you. and I'm going to sell it to you and this is what you pay me each month. And, you know, you start handling things. Well, I knew how to do the work. I did not understand. I didn't know the business aspect of it, uh, the billing, you know, things like that. My wife, his wife taught my wife, you know, it was a, it was a one man operation is all it was. And he always told me, he said it, it would make you a good living if you hustled it. And, you know, I'm 25 years old at the time and, my mom, she tells me to go get a job, you know, and I said, my dad was like, man, you're 25. This doesn't work out in a few years. You're young enough. You can go do something different. You know, this man had been in business for 20 something years and he had an establishment of customers, you know, so I'd get up every morning, I'd go to work and then I'd come home and I'd rope. Well, I had a, I had an opportunity. I'd met a man and he had a ranch, oh, 20 minutes from where I lived and They'd raised, they had a couple of studs, they'd raised some colts, and they, uh, he asked me if I wanted to come live on the place, and he knew what I did, so we kind of worked things out, and my rent was, was I got up every morning before I left, and I did all the feeding, and when I got done with work, I come home, and I fed and did chores and rode colts for him, and he taught me how to start colts, and at that time, there was another man that I knew named Ross Sherman, and Ross had been the cutting horse business, trained horses his whole life. He was building a place down the road. And at that time, he was keeping all his horses and cattle in the barns where we were living. So every day when I come home from work, I got to spend days with Ross and watching him train horses. And I just, I just thought, man, this is the life right here. You know, I've got a good job taking care of things, but I really like the training i like the horsemanship part of this deal and um you know not being raised in a in an environment of rope and i never was taught to win you know i i went and i and i won but i didn't win enough i guess you'd say i just kind of got got by and i had fun and spent a lot of money doing it but um i had the privilege to spend about five years with ross you know pretty much every day learning the horse business and uh, kind of time went on a little bit and economy got really good and you know i looked up i was 
was making $225,000 to $275,000 a year, you know, and I got friends telling me that, man, you got the life, you know, and, but that never was what I wanted, you know, the money was good, but it wasn't really what I wanted to do. And so I got to the point where I roped and I, I mean, it was nothing to get up in the morning, leave the house at 530, get home at one or two o'clock in the afternoon and go somewhere and get back home at three o'clock the next morning from the rodeo or open, take a shower and go again. You know, that's, that's how bad I wanted to do it. And, uh, I got pretty fortunate. I got to spend a lot of time with him and, and learning the ins and outs of horse training. And we had kept buying a few young horses and I'd kind of train them along and sell them and just do some things like that. But, um, I bought my, pro card and I went to some pro rodeos but I never really got to take off in rodeo because I had a business to take care of and um the only I guess I've made two goals in my life and the one goal I had set in my life was I wanted to win money in every event in the PRCA that had to do with the rope and luckily I didn't win a whole lot but I won money roping calves heading healing and tripping steers and uh I wasn't never taught goals growing up, I guess you'd say. So I, I didn't really understand them, but that was the one thing that I wanted to do. And uh, me and my wife, we lived on that place for five years. We went off and bought our own little old place and just kept working, you know, and kept working and roping and come home and train a few horses. And that rode on for a while. And we finally bought a little bigger place and built a house here. And, and I just kept working every day and I'd, and I'd go to ropings and rodeos on the weekend and train, you know, and ride my stuff. And, um, I never was happy. I got to the point where I wasn't happy. And, and one thing was, was I made a lot of money, but we spent a lot of money. And then I realized that the more money you make, the more bills you got, you know, I got to the point where, man, everything we were making was going to either credit cards or to the bank. And, um, I just, I got myself into a rut. So, you know, in my early 40s, I guess, I started talking about getting out of business. And I had friends tell me I was stupid. You know, how crazy are you? You've got a gold mine here. And I said, yeah, but you're not seeing what I see. You know, um, right. contractors that I dealt with for years, a lot of the older guys had retired or died off. And you started dealing with a lot of younger people. And their work ethic was total different than the way I was raised working. You know, their word wasn't there anymore. It was nothing to get called to go do a job and you drive an hour and a half over there and they'd tell you, Oh, we can't use you today. Um, call you when we're ready. You know, and it may be a week later, they'd call you and then you tell them, well, Hey, I can't get there today. Cause I'm already tied up somewhere else. They just forget who you were. They'd call somebody else, you know? And, um, I didn't like that. You know, I just, that rubbed me wrong because the, the man that I got my business from, if you told him, if you called him today and said, hey, I need you July 1st next year on this job, he, he was there. He remembered that, you know, and um, things just change. People, it's a different atmosphere in, in that workforce anymore. So like I said, the money was good, but I was getting pretty burned out in it. Um, the days that I had free, I went and spent with a lot of horse trainers, uh, a lot of guys that roped really well a lot of horse trainers and I went and spent a lot of time with them learning and I'd have friends, you know, it's like, they'd say, man, what are you going over and hanging out there for? Well, because I'm going to be a horse trainer one day. And, you know, they'd look at me like, well, but why, you know? <laughs> and so, so anyway, I had a, I finally, I'd hired, I tried to hire people to work for me and 
people don't take care of your business like you do. You know, they just, they didn't care. If they, if you had them lined up to go somewhere and they woke up that morning, didn't feel like going, they didn't go. Well, then they didn't, you know, it was hard on, you know, it was hard on your business. So, but anyway, um, rocked along a while and told my wife one day, I said, I'm going to train horses for a living. And she thought I was kind of crazy, but, um, I told her, I said, that's what I want to do. I said, I'm, I'm going to find somebody to take this business over, sell it, or just sell the equipment and walk away from it, you know? And she, she just, you know, whatever you want to do, I'm with you, but you know, this is really a good deal, you know? And so about 12, 14 years ago, I, I had found a guy that I was doing work for. He had a song that every time I'd pull up on job, he was right there with me, you know? And I finally, Luckily, we talked and we missed the deal. I started riding some outside horses. You know, I put my shingle out there and oh, I'm ready to do this. Well, my goal was just to ride rope horses. I wasn't going to ride nothing but rope horses. Well, next thing you know, people are calling me and they've got this two year old colt or they got this 10 year old that barely rides, you know. And so I started riding a little bit of everything and um, I just kind of managed to to make it make it work um i've uh got to meet a lot of people i've had a lot of i've had a lot of ups and downs you know there'll be months here that we'll look up and there'll be too many horses in the barn to ride because you just you don't want to tell anybody no and then the next month you're sitting out here trying to figure out what to do you know and i i have a plan I, you know i ask god all the time you know hey what am i supposed to do and you know i'll have a slow time for a little bit and next thing you know i'll be so covered up so I have an idea that that's what I'm supposed to do. But going back to the other business, like I said, I, I just, the money was great, but I found out there's a whole lot more to life than money. And I know we have to make money to pay our bills and, you know, what have you, but I think you put yourself in too much stress when you you get to spending more than what you're really making sometimes, you know, and in and, and my whole life, you know, nobody taught me that. And so what I got to doing was, was, Oh yeah, it was easy. You know, I'm going to make this money. Well, then next thing you know, the economy would come up and down, mm -hmm. but the bills never, the bills never went away. <laughs> and so, and you know, and that's, and that was a tough thing. And it was hard walking away from that business because I knew it and I knew everywhere, but you know, I'd get up in the mornings and you know, I'd drive to the Metroplex and I might sit in traffic for two hours, you know, and I, I got to a point in life that I told myself, if I don't get out now, I'm going to be one of them old men that that's all he's ever going to do. That's going to be his life. And, you know, since I was 17, 18 years old, I always had a feeling that there was something else. My life was, was totally, this wasn't my life. This was kind of a passing phase. You know, of course it was 25 years before I finally got out of it. But, um, but now I'm, you know, now, you know, the horse business has been, it's been good to me. It's been bad to me. You know, um, it's like anything else. It, it's a, it's service and it's usually not the horses, it's the people you deal with a lot, you know? And of course in any business, it's, it, that's the way it is. Absolutely. But, um, but my horse business, I, I got lucky. There was a, had a friend of mine at a ran a ranch for a doctor down here for 20 something years. And he started calling me to come over and he knew that I was home all the time and started doing cowboy work for him. And, you know, I always wanted to do ranch work. I, I, when I was younger, I got to go to some different places, you know, throughout meeting people and go to their ranches and do things with them. And anyway, he started calling me to come do work for him a lot. And 
thought, man, this is, this is cool. I can ride horses and, you know, I get to be a cowboy all day, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, I just, you know, that's the aspect I love of it. Um, I guess four years ago he retired and a couple young guys come in there and leased all the land and bought all the cattle from, from the doctor and they've gone to farming and running a lot of cattle and they got their, they got it set up now to where I get to spend, I basically look after the cows for them. Um, you know, and I mean, I don't know if anybody else's dream is, but we get to get up in the morning and ride through 150, 200, 300 head every day. You know, it's pretty peaceful and quiet. You know, it's a, it's an enjoyable life. And um, we run, they'll run a thousand head of yearlings on wheat pastures in the wintertime. And um, my job on that is to get up every morning, usually starts in December and ends in May, seven days a week, rain or shine, whatever, get up and go, go check cattle and make sure things are, are safe, not sick, you know, doctor the sick ones, you know, and um, it goes back to the, some days I think, man, you know, I could, today's cold and rainy. If I was in that other job, I'd be, I'd be sitting in the house, you know, but <laughs> it, that's not what I like to do. You know, I really love it. And um, so like I said, I could take care of those cattle a lot and doctor a lot. And, and it's helped my horse business tremendous because, you know, a lot of people tell you that they take a horse outside and do ranch work on them, but not many can prove that they do that on them. And, and, you know, like I said, I do that every day. Um, uh, I've been fortunate, you know, it's easy to sell horses because whenever I sell one and I don't sell many, but I've sold three in the last year that every one of them has been used on the ranch. And when I told people they were for sale, you know, they wanted them because, Hey, we know what he's been, what's been done with him, you know? And right. so, so pretty much that's it, you know, and I said, I, um, the horse business is, has its up and downs, you know, and like I said, I, I really didn't want to ride anything but rope horses, but the biggest hole that I found with the rope horse business is, is you get a lot of people that are learning, and then they bring you a horse, and they want you to teach the horse, and then, then them learn, but they don't want to spend, the horse needs to have a whole lot more education than a month ahead of the guy riding him, you know, and so that, that happens a lot. We run into that problem with the rope horses a whole lot. And um, so I, I tell people, you know, it's you can't hurry your kid through anything. And you can't hurry a horse through it. But a lot of people, they think horses are like anything else. You just punch a button in a computer and it'll give you an answer, you know. But horses are like people, you know. They get up in a different world every day. Yeah, absolutely. So. It's funny you say that because I, I just was uh, did an interview with another guy and we talked about the same thing. He, he said, you know, a lot of people will think that a horse is, is just like a quad or a side-by-side or something. And it's, a, it's, it's just, it's completely different. But I want to, I want to go back and just touch on a couple of things you said. Uh, okay. One, you know, just talking about, uh, you know, making, you know, good money. And, 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 and I know I've been there. I've, I've done the same thing. I know a lot of people have, but I think it's just a good message for, you know, people to hear, especially younger people. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter how much money, you know, I've ever made. The, the money is never what made me happy. And, and, you know, and like you talking about, well, I could be in my other job, you know, and be inside, but, you know, you got to go saddle up. But you think about that. I mean, you're choosing to do that. And no matter what you're doing, even if it is your job and you, you love it, you're always going to have days that are, you know, different. So that just goes yes, that's far yes. for the course, you know. Um, yes, sir. And uh, it's, I, I think it's, you know, like you were saying, it's so important to, to be doing something that's in our heart and something that we love. 
And I'm like you, you know, I took a lot of years figuring out what I want to do. I've did a lot of different things and, and it goes back to, again, you know, what we learn is, is kids, uh, you know, what we're exposed to and we just don't know how to get there, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, you've, you've been able to do it fairly early on because you started, how, how, how long ago did you, did you sell your business? Um, 2008 when I actually sold it. I started having different people work for me about 2004, 2005. Yes, sir. Right. And, um, kind of started on my own. And like I said, I just, uh, it, I tried and it was hard. It was hard to sell because the economy was at that time, the economy started going a little south and everybody wanted to guarantee. They wanted to guarantee money, you know? And I said, well, you know, it's like anything else, you know, yeah. just because it's out there, you've got to hustle it. You know, you gotta, I mean, it wasn't like, it's like I tried to explain to people. They thought, well, you make $250,000 a year, but I had to, I had to put the work in. If I didn't do the work, I didn't make that kind of money. You know, they didn't, you know, and I, and you were back in call with people, you know, all the time. And um, it was hard for us to go on vacation. You know what I mean? I'd, I'd line up and I might tell every customer I got two weeks, three weeks ahead of time, I'm going to be gone for a week. And, mm-hmm. and man, they'd call you while you were gone and you couldn't get there for them. And the next thing you know, you never heard from them, you know? And so it's, the stress was, was too much. You know, between that, and like I said, I just, that wasn't, I knew that wasn't what I wanted to do. And I kept telling myself, why am I putting myself through this stress? Well, this isn't what I want to do, yeah. you know, and uh, it wasn't my life and right. it was starting to get to, and, you know, I know a lot of guys in the construction business, you know, they, it's like the oil field business. They start in it when they're young and that's, that's going to be their life from then on, you know, and, um, and I've been fortunate. I've met a lot of people in my life that it's like me, you know, they just decide one day they're going to go do something different and, and they go on and, and they get successful and sometimes they don't, you know, you got to go back. And I was at a wedding the other day and a friend of mine asked me, he said, Hey, he said, you know, if I, could you get back? You know, we got talking about this and he said, could you? I said, you know, I think, I know I can, I could go buy all the equipment and start over again today, you know, tomorrow, but I'm not going to, if this here doesn't, if the horse business and the cowboy never falls out, I, I'm hoping I've met enough people in my life that I can, I can pursue, I, I can go do that somewhere else, you know, and right. uh, I just don't want to go back to that. I just, you know, I'm by myself 90% of the day, you know, and I don't know how good I'd be working under people, you know, and since <laughs> I was 25 years old, I have basically worked for myself. I've had three jobs my whole life, you know, when I got in, when I was in high school, I worked for a guy, got out, did it, and I did this, you know, so, um, it's hard to go jump into that, but I, I, I talk to kids all the time and you know, I see them spending this money, just spending it and they make them and spend it. And I, and I try to talk to them, you know, and of course I'm sure people talked to me back in the day and I didn't listen to them very well, but I try to explain to them what I went through, you know, and, and as I get older, I feel like that's what we're supposed to do. You know, we're supposed to help educate the younger generations and because um, the world we live in nowadays, they're not getting out of school you know, and no. they need it. They need somebody to help encourage them and to guide them. You know, I don't want anybody to, you know, we, what, a few years there, things was rough around here. My wife was in the real estate business. I was in the construction business, you know, and the economy is going south. And now you look up and you got all these payments and not enough is coming in, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll just, I, I mean, I don't hold anything back when I tell people, but uh, my faith 
has been tried and tried and tried and, and I finally opened up to the good Lord and, and it's, I don't have that issue no more. But, uh, you know, we sat here one day and when I looked up, things were bad. Economy was bad and just wasn't, you know, the hindsight of you should have put a bunch back. I should have put a bunch back, but I didn't. But I, I literally one day had gotten some notices, you know, I was, I was about to lose a truck. I mean, I was about to lose a house. I was about to lose a truck, you know. Uh, I didn't know how to handle it because all I'd ever done was work. And I thought, man, I'm busting my butt. What's going on here? You know, and it's not that it's just the money. I was busting my butt, but it just wasn't coming in like we needed, you know. And um, I, I've, I've told this story a few times, and it, it's kind of hard, but I was standing stand in the hallway of the barn one day, and the mail lady had came and, you know, and – brought me some bad news, you know, and I'm sitting here going, man, you know, and my whole thought in life was, was, you know, I just, I'm going to do away with myself and nobody, you know, I won't have to worry about it. My family, I got enough life insurance. Nobody will have to deal with it, you know? And, um, and I, I literally had a pistol in my hand. My granddaughter was two at the time, maybe three. And she had a pony. And I looked up and that pony walked across the hallway of the barn, just out of the blue, walked right across the hallway of the barn. And I stopped for a minute and I thought, man, I can't do this. You know, I just can't do that. That's when the day that, and I was here riding some horses, you know, trying to do both businesses at the same time. And that's when I told myself, it's not worth it anymore. What I'm doing, it's not worth it. I've made a lot of money, but I put myself in debt so bad because I wanted so much. And that's the day that I told myself I was done, you know, and from that day on, I moved forward and started, started the horse business. You know, I just, I knew that I could, if I start, I mean, you know, I went from having a $150,000 truck and trailer sitting down here. So I drive a nine seven Ford truck nowadays, mm-hmm. you know, and I have for eight or nine years. I'm happier today than I was then. <laughs> You know, I pull a 20, I pull a 20 foot stock trailer. I might pull up at a roping or somewhere. And here I am in this 97 Ford truck and this 20 foot stock trailer and all these $200,000 rigs parked around me. It doesn't phase me one bit. You know, it does not phase me one bit. I've, I've come to the conclusion. I've always been taught not what's in that, what you pull up in. It's what you unload out of that trailer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And fortunately, fortunately I've unloaded some good horses out of that trailer, you know? So like I said, it's just one of those things that everybody has to reach that point. And I try to, I, I try to encourage people. And when I talk to people, I try to get them before they reach that point. You know, um, I've been pretty fortunate. I've, you know, I've, uh, I've been asked to speak at churches, you know, I never thought I could do that in my life, you know, and I've had friends that are preachers and what have you. And I've told them my, you know, a little, little story, you know, and next thing you know, here we are, you know, it's like who would ever dream of me of doing this kind of stuff, you know, and, and the horse world has brought me, you know, you, you meet a lot of people in the horse world. I've made a lot of friends, you know, it's not that you talk to them every day, but they are friends, you right. know, and um, it's a great, you know, in, in my other business, I had acquaintances. I had business people I dealt with, but I've I had very few of them that I would call friends, you know, and I, and I did work for people for 20 plus years mm-hmm. and I still wouldn't have called them friends, not like they are in the rodeo world. Yeah. But, uh, like I said, I've been fortunate, you know, I've been really fortunate. My wife's got a great job and, um, I just, I love what I do. 
For years, FSR Cattle Company has been known for their premium roping cattle, used and endorsed by multiple world champions, and NFR qualifiers. But did you know that FSR is also the home of quality rope horses for all levels, from professional team roping to the novice level? A trip to Weatherford, Texas and to the FSR headquarters will give you a variety of horses to choose from. FSR Cattle Company will arrange transport for your new horse back home and a free ride back to the airport for you. For your convenience, we accept credit cards for all horses found at FSR. We strongly believe in matching team ropers with horses they can work and win with. So when you back in the box on a horse you found at FSR Cattle Company, you know you're mounted to win. Visit us online at fsrcattlecompany.com or in the office at 817-598-1222 and let us help find your next winner. Again, that's fsrcattlecompany.com. Tell me this, Brent, because I mean, I, I think it's, uh, I, I just think it's really great that you, that you shared that, you know, um, and I've, I've, I've been in similar situations myself and I know a lot of other people have and a lot of people don't share it or, you know, hold it in. And, and, you know, what, what do you think, um, you know, in, in terms of what you've gone through to get where you are? I mean, for me, I, I think of, man, I couldn't be the person I am today if I didn't have the struggle I had. How, how do you feel about that? I mean, is it the, the, the struggles I'm, where your strength comes from. Yes, sir. Totally. Totally. If it wasn't for that, you know, it's, the number one thing, it's, it's made me have more faith in the Lord, right. you know. Uh, number two is it, it's, it's made things easier to, to handle, you know, easier to handle and deal when they're stressed, you know. And, of course, I say that in my life and my family. So, oh, man, you don't handle it very good. I'm not as bad as I used to be, you know. It's a, I found out horse training and life, horse training and your everyday life, it's a struggle. I mean, it's a new learning curve every day. You right. know, you have to go – you know, if we can get 1% better every day, we'll be a better person. You know, if I can get 1%, you know, in, in the horse world, people ask me all the time, well, how long is it going to take to do this? How long is it going to take for my horse to do this? How long is this? I don't know, you know, but if I can get him to improve 1% every day, mm-hmm. we'll have a something at the end of this journey. And I believe life is the same way. And what the struggles we have gone through, I can get one more, you know, every day. And if, and if that means helping somebody, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say I'd help somebody every day, but you know, just like this podcast right here, man, maybe somebody's listening to it that's struggling, you know, and they go, Hey, man, that's me. You know, I, man, I, this guy here, he's been through it and, he, and he's made it work, you know? And yes. so, and, and, and I help a lot. I've helped a lot of kids with their open over the years, you know, and, and, and it's like the horse business you know when i talk to those people i try to be i want to be friends not as much clients i want to be friends with people you know and and i've opened up to a lot of them it's funny you know i mean i have literally had i've had grown men come to me and you know i I went through a phase you know one time i drank a lot i mean i business i just drank a lot and i quit i mean i I'm not going to, I quit for two years and I'll, and I'll have one here and there, you know, I'm not a, not like I was, you know, I just, I learned, uh, I told God one day, I said, man, you got to help me here, you know? And, and I did, but I had a grown man come to me one day that I was riding a horse for. He drove up the driveway and he told me, he said, he literally told me he was an alcoholic and he needed help. And God told him to come see me today. Hmm. And I was like, I, I was floored, you know? 
And, and when I hear things like that, it's just kind of like what we're talking about today. Maybe there's somebody out there struggling that this little conversation, me and you, me and you, Dan are having, it might help somebody else. And, um, yeah, absolutely. And but, I, and I, and I believe that too. I really do. Yes, sir. And I said, I, I, I'm fortunate. I've had some good horses, you know, and I've been successful in life. You know, if, if, if I tell people, you know, if I, if something happened to me today, you tell everybody I went down doing what I love. You know, I get people all the time, man, you got on that idiot horse or you chased a cow across the pasture, you know, and I tell them, I said, you know, if you ever hear me getting killed doing that, tell everybody that he did life how he wanted to do life. Yeah. And, um, that's kind of my message, I guess you'd say today, you know, don't get in a rut, you know, don't, don't do it because everybody else is doing it. Do it because you want to do it. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yes, sir. And that's, yep. and that's, that's my belief. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's so true. You know, uh, a lot of times in society, you know, the way our culture is, uh, people just get kind of funneled into where, the media wants to take us. And I think, I think that that's changing. I think things just like podcasts, I think with social media, being able to connect with people and people uh, are able to just, you know, be more, really more real and more authentic. I, I think it's harder to, to be a phony nowadays. That's just my opinion, but. Uh, oh, totally. You know, and, and, and I'm not going to lie to you, you know, at one time in my life, you know, I, I wanted to meet this person and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to, I want to do this for this person, that person, you know, right. and, and here's the thing. I've met so many guys that, you know, like Tyson, Trevor Brazil, Justin Moss, you know, I've met them all. I've Roy Cooper, you know, I've been all these people's houses, you know, and been with them, you know, and I tell these kids and stuff all the time. It's good to look up to them. Don't get me wrong to look up to them, but be yourself. Don't try to be like them, exactly. you know, and, exactly. and I think that's what happens. So many people want to be like somebody else, you know? find your niche in life. You know, not everybody's going to be a superstar. And, and, and that's where I, I came to a problem and our conclusion was, you know, is man, I wanted to be out there. I wanted to be out there with all them guys, you know, but I never was taught to win. I, I didn't, I was taught to rope, but I didn't, wasn't taught all the other little things, you know, and I got to meet a lot of people and I wouldn't trade my experiences for nothing, you know, and I'm friends with them. I see them nowadays. Hi, how are you? What have you know, but at one time I thought I needed to be in a clique. Because growing up in high school, everybody knew me, but I wasn't in a clique. You know, there was nobody else in my school that rodeoed, you know, but me. And so, and, you know, as I got older, I wanted to be with, nowadays, it's kind of like, okay, whatever, you know. Um, I want to be friends with them, but I don't have to be like them, you know. And that's what I try to explain to kids, you know. Man, you don't see everything that happens with those people, you know. So, but uh, like I said, I've been, been fortunate, you know. I, I had a horse that we had bought a few years ago that come out of cutting pen and she didn't make it. And she was, she's made a really good calf roping horse. And, um, I hauled her around and kind of got her going good. And she, uh, she was, her ability was way more than mine. And, uh, that I would say and for the level of the roping that I went to and man, that horse has met me, has let me meet so many people, you know, I, she was at Trevor's a couple of times, you know, Trevor Brazil rode her a few times. I think I've had three world champions rider and countless NFR qualifiers rider, but she's just, she was one of those horses. that was tough, you know, and she's kind of like me. She's hard headed, you know, <laughs> but, 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 but we taught her, I mean, you know, she taught me patience and what have you. And, um, 
this time last year, young man, Marshall Leonard from Louisiana bought her, called me one day and I'd had some different people haul her off. She was a little goose cheek, I say a little. She's, she's just one of those horses hard to be around. And uh, a lot of people didn't like her little quirks and what have you. But I had a young young man, high school kid, hauling her to some rodeos. And Marshall called me one day and said, hey, um, I want that horse. And I said, man, you don't want that horse. And he said, oh, yeah, I do. I'm coming to buy her. You know, I'm be there Sunday to write your checks for her. And I'm like, well, you might want to write her first. He said, no, I want her. He said, uh you've told me everything bad about her. So I won't have any expectations when I get home or something bad about her. Well, Marshall gets her home and he'd rodeoed some and a lot and he'd kind of home on the horse. And man, I'll tell you, he, he's gone on and done really good. He, he made the final four over there, the American this last year, the calf roping on her. And, um, it's one ton on her, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, I guess, that, that that was the day, you know, I got to go over and hang out with them at the American down in the arena floor with them. And yeah, it was pretty exciting. It's kind of like when your kids are growing up, you yeah, know? And exactly. so, um, you know, and that horse has got to, has that one horse has led me to so many different people that's helped me in my process. It's unreal. Yeah. You know? That's great. Yes, sir. That, that's so yes, great. Yes, sir. Yeah. So in, in talking about the roping, I noticed like you do, you do a lot of pasture roping and stuff, you know, and, and, and training yeah. those horses. So you're tied on sometimes when you're roping. Yeah, I'm tied on it. Yes, sir. Pretty much every time. Um, yeah. What I do is, is I'll, I usually find me a gilding or two or a mare. I'll find a young horse and, and I train them up and, and you know, that's the way they used to make horses out in the pasture, not in the arena. Mm-hmm. And you know, the arena is a lot of pressure on them every day. So you take them outside and you ride them. And I said, I get to do this day work and I take care of these cows and yearlings. And I got in a lot of places, you know, people will call me, hey, I got this cow out or can you come do this? And it's kind of turned into a pretty good business there. But the yearlings I look at every year, you know, when I, when most people know what a yearling, you know, when you wean on them, you turn them out on wheat or you turn them out on winter grass or summer grass. And, you kind of got to keep an eye on them to make sure they don't get sick, you know, or crippled, you know, bad eyes or whatever. Cause they just, if they're not a hundred percent healthy, the price of them just keeps dropping. Yeah. So I get paid to look after them. And I, um, yes, sir. I, I rope a lot of things outside and I'm tied on and 90% of the time I'm by myself. So it gets, uh, it gets a little nerve wracking sometimes chasing something across the pasture, you know, and, um, tied on. I mean, I've, I've roped bulls out there by myself, tied on, and not just being tied on, but then you got to knock them on the ground and tie them down before you can go get a trailer or you can doctor them or something. Yeah. So, yeah. But we do that a lot. My my wife bought me a GoPro a few years ago, and I said, what am I going to do with this? And she said, oh, you can video the people's horses you're training. And I'm like, well, how am I going to video them? All you can see is their heads, you know? And <laughs> a friend of mine, one day, we were in the pasture and looking at some cattle, and we'd rope something, and I was telling him, and he goes, man, why don't you bring that out here one day? And I thought, I never thought about it. So I started taking it with me and I, I don't use it every day, but there's a lot of times I will, you know, and it, it's pretty neat watching what you're actually doing after you, after you've done it. And, and it's helped my business tremendous because people know that I will bring a, that I would actually use a horse outside, you know, and help make better horses. Um, it's helped me sell a lot of my horses because everybody's looking for that 
ranch horse, you know, that's been used and what have you. So, yes, sir, we I do a lot of that out there by myself, you know. Rain, sleet. Luckily, we don't get a lot of snow here, but a lot of there's a lot of days pouring straight down and out there chasing something by yourself. <laughs> I've had a, I've had, I'm not going to lie because I've had a few wrecks. You know, I had one three years ago. I had a horse go down on me going across the pasture and broke my collarbone in four places. You know, um, that was, luckily there was two other guys with me that day. Um, I had one back in March, buck me off and broke my shoulder blade in two places, you know? And so and I was by myself that day. So that made it a little difficult, but, um, I wouldn't trade it. I, I tell people all the time, I wouldn't trade it for nothing. I, I mean, you could give me a $250,000 a year job again. And I tell you to give it to somebody else. Yeah. That's so good. I know that I know to some people that sounds crazy, but to me it's it's everybody grows up to be wants to be a cowboy. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are, somebody everybody wants to be a cowboy. Yep. And and I'm living that life. Yeah, yeah I'm actually That's watching fair. I'm actually watching some videos of you right now while while we're talking on your Instagram of you roping calves and, and doctoring and stuff. It's it's very, very, yes, sir. very cool. Yeah. Yes, sir. You ever get you ever get here, you need to come hang out one day. I'll put you on something and we'll go do some of that. You know, and I and I hear you and I hear you talking about you wanting to be a calf roper one time and you want to you think the breakaway, you could do that. You come to my house, I'll put you on a horse and you can break away all you want to. <laughs> I'll, well, believe me, I'll be taking you up on that. Um we, we're definitely we're definitely gonna be heading down Texas way here this this next year and I'll I'll definitely look you up, that's for sure. Yes, sir. And the other thing I have with my I, I got a do- I got two daughters. I got a daughter that's my oldest daughter, and my youngest daughter. My oldest daughter has two girls. She has a twelve year old and an eight year old, and I have a grandson, but he lives six hours from here, and he's two. He's the first boy in my family since I was born fifty one years ago. Whenever we had him, and um, but my oldest granddaughter, she tells her mom and dad all the time she does not need to go to school. She's going to be a cowgirl, and. Um, <laughs> she homeschooled for they homeschooled her for two years and dan she got up with me every morning it didn't matter if it was raining how cold it was she had her horse saddle and she was in the pasture every day with me and she she cowboyed with me she's caught cows with me um she just loved it and then her mom's made her go back to school you know and uh and that and my my youngest daughter said one time she said dad i wish you would have done that years ago where i could have done that with you you know and so what makes me so blessed is, is being able to tell myself, Hey, this is what I'm going to do. Not knowing that I was going to have a granddaughter one day who wanted to follow me. Everywhere I went, you know, and right. thank God, thank God I took that leap of faith and I got out of that business to where my grandkids can come spend the time. You know, I can luckily, you know, in that other business, I couldn't take off and do the stuff that I wanted to here you know i mean if they have some at school during the day and i want to go to i just go to it you know right and, and and to me that means a whole lot more than the money you know i i see a lot of guys around here that's in the oil field business and they're gone all the time they don't get to spend time with their kids you know and i you know and they talk about how good the money is you know and i've had that conversation you know and they i've had more than one of them tell me yeah i'd love to do what you do but man this money's too good <laughs> well don't wait until you're 65, 70 years old to say, I wished I would have done this. Exactly. You know, my goal in life is to be 90 years old, still chasing something across the pasture, tying down by myself. That is, that is my crazy goal in life. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And I, I don't know if you saw that video. Uh, someone posted it the other day. I can't remember the, remember the old boy's name, but he was 90 years old, and, and he, uh, they filmed him roping a calf. He was in, uh, um, I don't know if it was a little roping somewhere, but uh, he roped, in th- roped and tied him. I think it was like 13-6 or something like that, but he was 90. Yes, he ran down that rope better Johnny, than I could. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Ray Powell was his name. Johnny lived in West Texas. He'd ranched in Cowboy her life in North Carolina. He died probably three years ago. Oh, no and kidding. Up till, yes, sir. Up till that video is a couple of years old. And up till, uh, up till just right before he passed away, he would go to those calf ropings. And it was funny. Is a lot of that is, there's a lot of those ropings nowadays. They have an arena set up, and then they have a panels down to it, and they split it up into two two separate arenas. They have two different ropings going on, and every time Johnny Ray would ride in the box, the other side would stop, and everybody would turn and watch him rope. You know, it's just I mean, it's just because of his age, and he was just as happy as he could be. That was his deal, and he rode a good black horse, and the horse yeah. took care of him. You know, and you know, his goal is to keep her open in the arena. My goal is to be his age and go and tie one down across the pasture with a GoPro on my head or a, <laughs> or a drone or something behind me, you know. And, and my wife and grandkids telling me, don't do it. You know, that's, that's, that's my goal in life, you know. And, uh, that's so and, and it's just, it, it's a lifestyle that it's hard to get. I mean, you know, it's hard making a living being a cowboy nowadays. The horse riding is what pays the bills. The cowboy and, you know, help, you know, I get to, it, it allows me to get better horses and, and right. things in. But, uh, but like I said, I tell people all the time, when I first started going and doing this day work over there for this, for this doctor and stuff, I, I told the guy that was calling me and I said, man, you know, he'd say, well, this is what we pay a day for day wages and, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And I'd say, no, nah, I'll be honest with you. Uh, you ain't gonna pay me nothing. You know, <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. I mean, it, it's sad that we have to pay, have money to pay bills, but what I do I'd do it for free every day if I didn't have bills to pay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's totally how much I love it. And the other business, I didn't love it. It was just something that, you know, at 19 years old, it was kind of, you just went to work for somebody. And then next thing you know, you're just into that, you know, and you had no future. And I mean, you had a future, but it wasn't what your future you wanted. And, uh, mm-hmm. and like I said, I, there's times I wished I would have quit it earlier, but I, I just really thought, I think God had a different plan, you know, and, you know, it's like, like I got a friend of mine that rides, trains a lot of show horses. I tell you, Dan, I've had, I've been in the last four years. I know I've, I broke a bone in my foot. I broke a bone in my leg. I got kicked in the jaw. I got bucked off, broke my shoulder. I've had this, uh, my collarbone broke, you know, and he told me one day, he goes, man, you got to start learning to ride better. Or you got to get better horses. And I said, well, I'm, I'm doing both. But I said, you know, the horse, did, you know, just kind of doing, he said, the worst thing you have is, is you waited too late in life to be doing some of the stuff, you know, most, you know, by your age, most guys have quit riding those type horses, you know, <laughs> but I'll try anything. I don't understand. I don't care for the bucking horses, but there's just some of them you get that you ride and then they have a different attitude one day, you know, yeah. it goes back to, you know, I mean, I've had them here that's never bucked. And then all of a sudden, one day they woke up on the wrong side of the stall. And yep. today they were going to get you down, you know. And, and like I said, I've had people tell me, you never got hurt in your other business. Said, yeah, but okay. You know, <laughs> that's part of it. You know, it's yep. a it's a, it's a, a story I can tell the rest of my life, you know. And uh, now I've, got a, I've got an orthopedic surgeon that's on speed dial, I guess you'd say. And uh, <laughs> he, he, uh, 
He's 12 years, he's done five surgeries for me. I can't tell you all those stuff he's seen me in the last 12 years that I know of. And, uh, you know, I, I broke my shoulder blade the last Friday of March. I did the surgery on it the following Thursday. He told me it'd be August before I sat on horseback. Middle of May, I was horseback again. I went back and see him in July, and he said, hey, in about another 30 days, I'd say start riding a little bit. And I said, Doc, <laughs> I'm a month ahead, half ahead of you. And he just shook his head and turned and walked out the door. <laughs> and that's, that's just that's the life I want to live nowadays. Yes, yeah, sir. That's great. Hey, Brent, we're getting – Getting towards the end of our time, uh, do you have a uh, you have a favorite cow cowboy hat brand you wear? Yes, sir. Resist all. I wore resist all forever. I've got a friend of mine. It's Joby's Hats and Fort Worth. He's, oh, uh, yeah. he's got a hat store over there. Yeah, Joby's yeah. Hats and Fort Worth. Joby, Joby's taking care of me for a few years on hats, and he keeps me in resist alls. Yeah. You know, so um, best fitting ones that I've found so far. That's great. And how how about uh, boots? What 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 boots you like? I actually have boots made in Amarillo. It's called Beck Cowboy Boots. Okay. And um, and I'll tell you about them is, is I'd bought store-bought boots for years, and they'd last me. I'd go through two or three pair a year. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine turned me on to them. They hand-make them, you know, and they're reasonably priced. And I own two pair of them. And most and they're the type of boot. When I put them on, as soon as I put them on my feet, they sit and I may wear a boot 12, 14, 15 hours a day, you know, and I want them comfortable, yeah. you know? So, yes, that's, sir, that's them. That's great. And what about the cowboy movies? You got a favorite cowboy movie? Man, you know, everybody says Lonesome Dove, and I like Lonesome Dove, but Tombstone's my movie. I love <laughs> Tombstone. That's, and if I have a rodeo movie, it's Junior Bonner. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a Steve McQueen guy. I just, you know, he – I guess I always kind of related to him, you know, he kind of did his own thing and, and what, what made him happy. And I kind of looked at that a lot of times, you know, I've seen a lot of documentaries on him and that's kind of the way he was. And that's kind of the way I look at it. So, yes, sir. That's great. Well, Hey Brent, I really, I really appreciate, you know, you coming on. I appreciate, you know, you being so transparent in, in sharing your story. Uh, I think it's very inspirational and I feel people can, can get a lot out of it. And, uh, I just uh, really, really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, I look forward to coming down to Texas and meeting you. And uh, Yes, getting, sir. Getting yes, in a pen and, and roping a few with you. Yes, sir. And like I said, people, you find me on Facebook. That's kind of, you know, I, probably 90% of business comes off Facebook. Or, you know, we've got a Facebook page, but just me personally is the best way to find me. But, man, I appreciate it. Like I said, I, you know, for a week now I've been trying to figure out everything, you know, you – you, you come to your head, you gotta, you're telling everything, but as you get to talking, you, you come up with different things and you go a different route. But basically, I just hope that maybe I, I encourage somebody today. You know, it's, uh, and man, I'm just thankful you gave me the platform to be able to get on here and speak today. Yeah, well, I, I truly really, do. I, I appreciate that and I appreciate your support and, and again, just being transparent and, and uh, look, forward to, look forward to meeting you. Yes, sir. I do too. And, um, like I say, good luck with the podcast. I keep sharing it. Cause like I said, I, I love them. I just think it's, it, they're a neat, they're a neat concept in the world that we live in nowadays. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Brent. And then, uh, we'll talk soon. Yes, sir. Thank you, Dan. Yep. Bye thanks. Huh? Bye-bye. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at?
Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer. Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler. I drive that old back road until it ends at the roping pen. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs. $20,000 horses, then there's my own stick. Although we're all the same, the minute we ride in to the roping pen. can tell someday I just might be we'll turn a few steers and we'll tell a few lies kick back in the saddle and philosophize most of life's problems yeah we're gonna solve them down at the roping pen Yeah, we don't do it for the money You were always broke Just ask Clint what he paid a rope Now he's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands To the roping pen And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can talk smack You can back it up Oh, but we're all friends no matter who wins, down at the roping pen. Well, I ain't no player speed. But I give her hell, hey, you never can tell. Someday I just might be. We'll turn another pin of steers, tell a few more lies. Drink another beer and hypothesize most of life's problems. By God, we're gonna solve them down at the roping pen. We'll see y'all again next weekend down at the roping pen. Down at the roping pen.